My guest today is Reviews Editor Arthur Gies. My name is Charlie Hall, in for Justin McElroy. You're listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Arthur, how are you doing this evening? I am exhausted, Charlie. Thank you for asking. <laughs> now, we're, we're recording this somewhat after hours, mainly because you've had quite a busy day. Can you say why your day has been so busy, or, or do we have to keep uh, it on the down low? I've been in Los Angeles for a week uh, at back-to-back review events. I don't know if I can say... I can say part of it. I was playing Battlefield 1... Thursday and Friday, which people will be able to read about the middle of this week, and I played something else this week, and I don't think I can talk about it yet. Okay. But the reason that we're talking today is because you were the lucky guy that reviewed Gears of War 4, and I kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit to start about the process of this. Gears of War is a franchise that's straddled two consoles, a decade of development, three different developers. How do you how do you even conceptualize? How do you go about considering a brand new game and and doing the review of it? What are what are some of the pitfalls that you're looking out for? Uh, I mean, this one was kind of interesting and one that I had to think about more than I think I would most reviews because uh, clearly I don't think about my reviews very often um, because I actually spent a lot of time at uh, the Coalition, who are the developer of Gears of War. Uh, I went to the Coalition Studios last year to do a feature on Gears of War Ultimate, which was their remaster of the original Gears of War. Uh, I went there in June for an E3 feature. I talked to them in April for a eSports exclusive on multiplayer. Uh, and then I went again uh, in September for an event that was part of the review process for this. So uh, I spent a lot of time with a lot of those people. I spent a lot of time talking to the developers of this game. Uh, I probably spent about four or five hours talking with Rod Ferguson, who's the head of the coalition and was also one of the main creators and sort of producers of the original Gears of War uh, when it launched back in 2006. So uh, we try to keep a certain amount of distance between the review and the people who make the game just because it's easier to let the game stand on its own merits without that sort of humanity, uh, which sounds bad, but you want to be able to look at the game and evaluate the game and criticize the game without thinking about the feelings that could inevitably be hurt by a sort of qualitative assessment of something that people have spent a really long time on. Uh, And with Gears, uh, I didn't have that option, just uh, logistically speaking. I had played the most of it. I'm the most familiar on staff with it. Uh, and so it didn't really make sense for anyone else to review the game. Uh, no one else really had time. So I had to spend a lot of time, uh, sort of navigating stuff in my head to make sure that I was being fair, that I wasn't overcompensating and being unfair in the direction of holding things against the game that I wouldn't have otherwise, or letting things slide because I met a lot of the people that make it and think that generally they're pretty nice people. That that's a that's a slippery slope, and I, I read through the review a couple of times actually, uh, in my own anticipation for the game, and I think you were very non biased, and, and I think you you did a good job of navigating those waters there. So I, I appreciate that that was a tough assignment, and I liked how you handled it. 
Um, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> for what it's worth. Um, it, it is one of the longer reviews that I've seen you write this yeah. year. And I know that that's something you get in my ear hole about on occasion. Charlie, please bring me shorter reviews when you write them for me. What, what was it like paring it down, though? Because there's so much to this game. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the sort of the paraphrasing the sort of running joke is that if you give me a couple of hours, I'll write 3000 words. If you give me three hours, I'll write 1500. Um, uh, to a degree, it was an issue of time. Like I, I couldn't figure out a way in the time I had to make the text shorter, uh, to be more expedient with my points, to sort of, uh, do more work with less words, which actually takes more time, uh, in a lot of cases, but also, yeah, there's, there's a lot in the game uh and originally the original draft was i think a couple hundred words longer and i worked with uh phil color who's the sort of partner of mine on reviews and uh chris grant who's our editor-in-chief um and one of the people on staff who feels comfortable editing my stuff as reviews editor because uh, not a lot of people feel like they have the proper authority to do so so uh basically when i hand over review text regardless of how long it is my my priority is always to ask people what should go like what should be cut like i want to make sure that i'm covering my bases but my problem when writing isn't generally that i don't cover a base it's that i walk across it a few times before going to the next one i just always i I try to make sure that i hit the bases i need to that i'm doing it as expediently as i can but also giving people enough background to understand everything that i'm saying and i and i don't want to assume that someone knows what the series is that they know what the game is um and that's that's like an easy shortcut in reviews of sequels is to make certain assumptions on a on who's played the game on on how familiar someone reading the review would be but you know this is the first sort of brand new numerically uh, assigned Gears game since 2011. There was Gears Judgment in 2013, but that was uh, not the main Gears team that developed it. It wasn't the coalition that developed it. It's sort of seen as a curiosity as much as anything. So, um, you know, I, there's an assumption at the studio, I think, that people might jump on to this game where they haven't before. So... Uh, the the length is sort of is there because I want people who aren't super familiar with gears to be able to understand what's happening, right? Well, and I thought that they did a really interesting job with the with the on ramp for this game. It was this very elaborate um, three part preamble, this prologue almost that took you through some of the greatest hits, starting even before gears one tell 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 me some more about your reaction to that that intro sequence that they created from a storytelling perspective i think that the the sort of cold open of gears is interesting because it takes part of it takes place uh it points that gears has never gone uh like there's a scene from the pendulum wars where the cog is stealing the plans for the hammer of dawn which i don't think has ever been in a game before. I'm sure that was discussed in one of the many Gears of War books. Uh, but um, So that's ground that has never been drawn on before, and it stars Dom, uh, uh, Dominic Santiago, who was a key character in the previous trilogy. Uh, and then it moves to the sort of the immediate sort of opening uh, of Emergence Day, which none of the games have ever touched on. And then 
goes to sort of the conclusion of Gears Three when the locusts go down and and I think that, I thought that was interesting in that they took these events that have never been in a game before and used them as very expedient story beats to tell you exactly what you need to know in the game and nothing else. Um, and there's a certain economy of storytelling and world building that happens in Gears of War Four um, that I, I think that a lot of other developers wouldn't have ass- have assumed they needed to do. Uh, it seems like a sort of conscientious effort to make the game welcoming to new players. And I think that in large part it works. I've spent maybe about two or three hours with the game today. Clearly you've spent a whole lot more. What I'm really enjoying though is a lot of the storytelling that they're doing. And your review went into a lot of great detail about how Gears of War 4 is about family. And if you haven't read the review, we'll link to it in the show notes. But one other part of your review I wanted to hone in on. You said that there were small story moments that were optionally triggered. Um, tell me more about those little diversions. I haven't, I haven't reached any myself. Uh, I mean, you may have, and you may have just walked past it. Uh, I don't know if you've reunited JD and Marcus yet, for mm-hmm. example. I have, yeah. Um, if you, you may have passed one already. Hmm. Um, there's a scene before you walk into the little house, uh, where Marcus is living now, not the big house, but the small house. Uh, there's a, an optional scene before that if you explore the level a little bit before you walk to that door um, that in turn triggers some additional conversation between JD and Marcus a little bit later on in the level. Uh, and I only know this because I played a pretty big chunk of the campaign in Vancouver in September, and then when I went back to the campaign after getting the final version for review, uh, I decided to take my time because when you're at an event, you've got a very sort of narrow amount of time to, to do your exploring. You want to sort of get through the part that's there so that you can cover it appropriately. And exploring stuff isn't always an option. And sometimes collectibles and content isn't all finalized. Uh, so I took the extra time to do that. And there was definitely that a moment in that chapter uh, that will not trigger unless you go to the specific spot. Well, see, um, now I need to go back and I need to, I need to, unlock that and discover it along with all of these little collectible items. It's literally right at the beginning of the level uh, for act two. um, After you get off your horse monsters and walk around the mansion grounds, uh, you can start a new game and load into that chapter instead of overriding your existing save, thankfully. Right. And I don't think we're spoiling anything by saying that that JD's reunited with his father. That's been all all over the marketing for this. That's all over the advertising. (laughs) And I mean, like sometimes I think advertising does a disservice because it it says too much. But like, I there's a picture of Marcus at the top of the review, so (laughs) I there's only so much. I I that's premise as far as I'm concerned, more than it is plot. Well, it's it's a very lavish presentation that in that prologue that they go through is very lavish. The the uh, number of characters, the amount of the type of voiceover, and these little asides that you're talking about are very lavish. Also, very lavish though is the color palette that they're using. This is a much brighter and more colorful Gears of War you mentioned in your, your review. It is, and I think part of that is because it goes through the entire cycle of a day. Uh, it starts sort of midday. Uh, segues into afternoon, goes to night, goes to midnight, goes underground, goes to morning, goes to sunrise, and goes back to day again. Um, And so it's this interesting sort of arc through times of day, and it's not as color-coordinated or sort of color-keyed from level to level. Like, the first Gears of War was 
the first level was a sort of like gray. The second level was a, a greenish. The third was yellow. The fourth was red uh, or something like that. Like there were specific sort of color keys to those levels, whereas this is a much more brilliant sort of vibrant game. Uh, particularly if you're playing it in HDR on Xbox One S, uh, it becomes much more vibrant in some ways and also a much more deep sort of chiaroscuro kind of image. One of the other things that makes this unique, though, is is also the introduction of this new this new faction, these DBs. Uh, they're they're kind of this robotic enemy. I'm I'm still on the fence. I'm not sure if I enjoy them quite yet. What was your reaction carrying through their arc and, and fighting them throughout the whole game? Um, I think that they're interesting. Like there's something different. Uh, a lot of the swarm enemies, like the basic swarm enemies, fight similarly to the locust from last gears games so that's a more known quantity whereas the dbs are a different dynamic uh and i think that for a game like this that's that's necessary it's needed um so i i mean i i like them uh they definitely took uh they were it was a learning curve because there's certain things you can sort of count on fighting against locust or swarm uh like a certain amount of self-preservation that the dbs just don't have and so that makes the sort of cover system that much more complicated to navigate. And that's sort of a general theme in the game, broadly speaking, is that one spot is never safe for long. Uh, you always have to move to a new spot. You can never stay in one place for too long. And and that's that was much less of an issue playing previous Gears games, which I can only say because I recently went back and played a bit of Gears 3 again. I do want to talk more about Gears of War 4, but first, a quick note about our sponsors at Harry's. Now, this past Christmas, when my family was sitting around the Christmas tree, we were doing a gift exchange. One of the things that ended up going around the tree was a Harry's starter set. It was one of their deluxe starter sets with one of the real nice handles. I think one of my wife's cousins had tossed it into the mix, and I got a hold of it, and I, I made some time for it in my morning and compared it to my, my normal brand, and I really liked it. I was, I was really impressed. I was even more impressed by the price. Harry's new five-blade razors now include a softer flex hinge for a more comfortable glide, a trimmer blade for those hard-to-reach spots, there's a lubricating strip, and a textured handle for better control when it's wet. Still, just $2 a blade compared to the $4 or more you're going to pay at the drugstore. Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades, they're actually going to send you their popular free trial set, comes with a razor, five-blade cartridge, and shaving gel free when you sign up for a shave plan. All you got to do is pay for the shipping on that first box. Plus, there's a special offer for fans of Quality Control. Enter code CONTROL at checkout to get a post-shave balm added to your order for free. Go to harrys.com right now and enter the code CONTROL at checkout to claim your free trial set and post-shave balm. That's harrys.com, code CONTROL. Another uh, excellent portion of this game, and I actually got a chance to play that mode in at PAX West, is Horde Mode, and it's Horde Mode 3.0 on this one, and I, I enjoyed it very much, my time spent with it, but what they didn't have available for me was the class system, and it's something that's somewhat new to Gears Horde Mode. You were a little critical of it in your review. It said it wasn't quite as successful as you had hoped. Tell me more about that. So I think that Horde as a mode is successful. Uh, Horde is really fun, uh, and the sort of economy and building system works. I think that the class system is not really working the way that one would hope 
that a class system would work in a game like this. And I, and I hate saying that or making that kind of judgment in a review because, you know, it's not, we don't like to look at what a game could be. We want to look at what it is. Uh, but in this case, it's a class system and that brings certain expectations and the idea of support or people that can excel or help their team uh, in ways that are not directly combat oriented or are pretty underdeveloped uh, in, in horde mode. And so many of the classes are just mild variations on the sort of combat role. And I think that that it can be confusing and it can sort of, be difficult to decide what you need in a game other than obviously you need an engineer and you need scouts because as enemies die, they drop energy that you use to build additional structures and repair your stuff. And when scouts collect it, they get twice as much energy as everyone else does for doing it. So other than that, uh, it's hard to know who should be what or what you need for a game. And I think that for a class system, like that's, that's a failure. That's a failure of the class system. Another interesting thing that uh, kind of popped out at me when I launched the final retail product today was this cards system that they've got. And I, I don't know that you wrote about it too much in the review. I don't know how much of it was live while you were doing the review event. But have you had time with this with this four-pay cards system, and what is your opinion of that? Uh, a little bit in Vancouver, and, and it's a... They, they're they sort of like burn cards if you play Titanfall. They're consumable items for horde mode. Um, they can be tied to microtransactions. You also just earn them in-game. Um, it's a sort of easy way of monetization in the game where otherwise they're just giving away all of the DLC. Like, they're not charging to play on the maps on their servers. So um, I think that it's a perfectly acceptable card acceptable compromise, uh, in light of that. Um, and I think it's, they add modifiers and tweaks and a sense of progression to hoard because there are cards that you can only use, uh, if you're a certain level, uh, and over time you'll unlock better and better cards. So I think that they're fine. Uh, they can be fun. I could see some people being annoyed, but the, where it matters most, which is competitive multiplayer, they, they aren't a factor. Like they, they don't, exist. Let me make you squirm a little bit then. I know that you have a, a good amount of passion for this series. I know that you've played them all. How does Gears of War 4 rank compared to the rest of its its brothers and sisters? Where does it sit in the overall ranking of Gears of War games? I think it's probably the most consistent. Um, I think that it's the most playable. It's obviously the most polished. I mean, it's got the benefit of being that game that comes after a bunch of other, like, uh, it comes after a bunch of other games. Like, it's a refined development process, you know? Um, so it has that benefit. I think that the the only drawback, really, is that it's the shortest, and it has ideas that it, it never explores very much um, to the point where it's kind of wearing how little it explores some of those ideas, especially by the end of the game. Um, and I think that uh, an argument could be made that it, it does feel very similar to previous games. Um, and talking to them, they felt that they needed to establish with people that they could make a Gears of War game uh, because it's a new studio, it's on a new engine, so uh, they had to let people know that they were capable of making and carrying on this legacy of a game that 
has a very passionate fan base. Um, and they do that, but I think that they actually lean a little too heavily in that direction. Well, it was certainly no slouch in the rating that Polygon gave it based on your review. The the website gave it a nine, uh, and it's I'm, I'm having a fantastic time with it, and I had a fantastic time reading your review. So thanks for taking the time to kind of dive into it with me today. Well, thank you for having me, Charlie. And thanks to you at home for listening today. We've got a lot more on Polygon.com, including some notes from Arthur on his recent experience with Battlefield 1, as well as many other reviews, features, and news of the day. Did you know there was some new Halloween content coming out for Overwatch? We've got all the information about that, including some videos up at Polygon.com. Until we've got another game to talk about, this is Charlie Hall for Arthur Geese. Thank you for listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Thank you.